This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again here on Double Tap Canada. Lovely to be here with you. Hope you're all well. I am better. Thank you for asking. I'm not going to bother if anyone else uh, asks that question because uh, I know that, well, I know, for example, Sean Priest won't ask that question. Uh, Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? Sorry, who's this? Who who are you? (laughs) Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Hello, stranger. Stay away. Well, we were going to start the show off by me saying, well, actually, it was you that was going to start the show off, wasn't it? You were going to kick it off by uh, pretending I was going to kick you off the air. But um, yes. I thought that was a bit unfair in the end. Well, that's what you actually would do in real life. That's you know? true. That maybe maybe realistic then. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. I thought, I'd, I thought I would just maybe not show myself up that way. It's good to have you back. Yes, thank you. Uh, also back with us, Tim Schwartz. Hello, Tim Schwartz of Schwartzland. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad to see that you're back alive and well, Stephen. And, and hello, Stranger Sean. How are you? Uh, I think you're stranger than me, Tim. But no, we're all back. The boys are back in town. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. If we were a Netflix show, we would be Stranger Things, wouldn't we? We just That would be it for us. Oh, that was very good. Oh, I've missed that wit. <laughs> well yeah, done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, listen, thank you to uh, Marco Flalo for stepping in for the last couple of weeks and handling the show beautifully. Well, I say that, mind you. I mean, I did listen to the show, and I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a bit offended a few occasions, uh, horrified oh. in others, uh, shocked he scares in places. Me. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, that's Mark. He's <laughs> <laughs> so- like Howard Stern or something. He's a shock jock, I'm telling you. Absolutely. Uh, Howard Aflalo. Um But there we go. Uh, no, listen, thank you to Mark and uh, thank you as well to, to everybody who took part in the show over the past couple of weeks, making sure it all happened and, uh, and keeping it all going. It was great. Um, but yes, I am back. I am feeling better. <clears throat> he says that with a frog in his throat. That's not a good start, is it? Oof, um, but yes, I, 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 all is well. But I will say one thing, and I think this is very important, Tim, because uh, you and I are on the same boat in this one. Sean hasn't caught up yet. But um, for me... Uh, even though I wasn't well, even from my sick bed, I was still using my trusty iPhone to get me to the Apple website, or indeed the Apple app, uh, to uh, pre-order the new iPhone SE, which of course I did. Of course I did. Of course you did. You didn't need to at all, but you did. And and yes, I, I did as well. Oh, good man. I, I was kind of hoping you'd say that because I was thinking, I wonder if Tim's got one. I wonder if he has. I'm sure you did, because I know you were very keen to get one. But, you know, I'm hearing a lot of excuses from, let's just say, husbands whose wives aren't (laughs) that keen on the idea. So, you know, I'm hearing a lot of those excuses flying around, and I'm kind of thinking, hmm, did Tim end up in the same trap? But you didn't. Well, I I ended up in a trap, but I was quite happy to oblige, because my wife and I were both still using an iPhone 7, I, being totally blind, don't care about the 11 or the 11 Pro's camera. I don't care about the OLED screen. If I had vision, I would, but but it doesn't matter to me. I don't need a bigger screen. So, you know, the SE is fine for me as an upgrade. However, my wife loves a better camera and a better screen and all that kind of thing. So we, well, I don't even know if it was a compromise. It just kind of is what it is. She got an 11 Pro and I got the SE. <gasps> Tim. Well, that's reasonable. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I think you've done the right thing here, Tim. I think you're very clever in this. Uh, I, I am. The modern yes, world has all changed. No, no, he's got this figured, Sean. Uh, this, uh-huh. is a pro, this is what I call husband pro. Yes, uh, happy you know, life, happy life. Exactly, that's right. So, you know, he's, he's thinking, right, if I get her a really good phone, then I'll just, oh, you know, I'll just take this little rinky-dinky thing over here. Uh, you know, this will do the job. I'll be fine with it, dear, honest. You probably didn't mm-hmm. call it, do you? Um, <laughs> Hang on. Did you just say the uh, iPhone SE 2020 is a rinky-dinky phone? How dare you? You're saying it's no, the no, no. lower choice, no, no, the no, lesser no. choice, you're, if you will, Stephen Scott. Listening. No, no, no. You see, this is husband talking to wife. Uh, okay. That's very different yes. to yes, geek talking is... to geek. That's a very exactly. different thing. Okay, enough you of that. You have to know the lingo. What do you better. feel? What do you think about it? Did it? Is it everything you dreamed it would be? Right, Tim, I'm going to let you take off this one because I, I've been talking about this for a while. So, you know, you, you, tell, you tell everybody what you think of it because I'm keen to know. Well, I mean, so far, so good. The setup for me, at least, we'll get into that, I'm sure, for you in a moment. But uh, for me, the setup was really good. I was very happy with the process of 
copying over all my settings from my 7 to the SE. I just updated everything from iCloud. Now, my wife, when she did the 11 Pro, she did it in iTunes on our PC because she was just too nervous uh, to do the iCloud, you know, uh, restoration. But um, but no, it, it set up really nicely and probably took, I don't know, three or four hours to get my hundreds of apps to, to download and, and update and everything. But once it was uh, all set up, it, it's worked so nicely. It It's amazing to have a battery, in my experience at least so far, that is lasting me all day long. I, I can take it off the charger in the morning and it makes it until bedtime. And I, I've, I just don't know what to do with that. Um, it seems to even charge better than my 7 did. It's so much faster. It's so much more responsive. <gasps> I'm very happy with it with the new uh, Wi-Fi band and cell band in there. I, I get a better you know, cellular connection and it's just, I'm very happy with it. I, I, I have to say it's been a very good experience so far. Well, I have to say you, you sum it up better than I could have. That's kind of exactly what I think. Um, I think it's a great phone. Um, I, I will say, and I don't know if you noticed this, Tim, but at the beginning of using the iPhone, I was a bit nervous because on the first couple of days, it would crash a lot, and that worried me. And I mean, like, proper crash. I don't mean, like, it just like an app or two just decided not to play. I mean, this thing just decided I've had enough. And I thought, you know, you've only been with me a short period of time. You should know, at least give me a month. That's all it takes, Stephen. Trust me. So yeah. it, it, it knew you, I guess, because I, thankfully, didn't have that problem. But maybe your your phone was a little nervous to be around you. Maybe you, you intimidated it or something. I'm not sure, but... Uh... But once you got past that, though, it's, it's, I don't know where to go from there. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous to go anywhere from there. He was getting nervous, though, weren't you? He was like, yeah, was like mm. Scottish voice is coming out in a minute. Yeah, um, really. But, uh, but no, but after that, it, it seemed to get better for you, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. It did. because, And I realized why. And I think this is a really good thing to, to have been aware of, and it's good for anyone else to be aware of. You will have noticed this, I imagine, as well, to some degree, perhaps. When you do the cloud backup, uh, from your old phone to your new phone, and then you bring that cloud back up down so you can set up your new phone as it was before. Uh, that It does it in stages. And I didn't realize this. I thought it downloaded everything first and then made your phone available. I think there are actually two options when I think back to the setup process. One was your phone's ready in about an hour and everything will be ready. Or you can use your phone in 15 minutes and we'll continue to download in the background. Correct. And I chose that option. Yep, I didn't really. I kind of forgot at that point about the downloading in the background Impatient. thing. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking, I don't want to wait an hour for this. So I said, fifteen minutes. Uh, it was ready in fifteen, and then at that point, it was good to go. And it was good to go, but it was downloading the apps. But it wasn't just downloading the apps. One thing I noticed was over the course of the next couple of days, my voiceover voice kept changing. And I was thinking, What's, what? I'm not doing anything here. It just keeps changing the voice. But of course, the reason is because it was downloading all the voices that I had previously used or downloaded, and it was Correct. activating each one as it was getting it downloaded. Uh, so I had to go in and, and just, well, eventually, after I just left it, it did sort its life out. But it was one of those, what's going on here? And the crash, this is an interesting tip for anyone. If it does crash to the point where there is nothing going on on the screen, apart from, according to the wonderful Be My Eyes volunteer, a spinning white circle, I think that's bad. Um, then I took the decision to, to get in touch with Be My Eyes to find out what that was. I then Googled it, and it came up and said, right, what you need to do is you need to very quickly press the volume up, then the volume down, and then hold in the power button, and that will restart the phone from scratch. And it did. It did that kind of force restart. And that worked really well. So, you know, there might be a couple of things that happen, but I've realized it's n the phone is not, there's no issue with the phone. The phone is fine. I'm now about a week or so in, maybe a bit more than that. And I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. What? The question, though, well, hang on, before we get into the, before we get into Sean's disparaging comments. Okay, carry on. <laughs> here's the question that I've been getting asked a lot this week, Tim. And I think you and I need to adjust, uh, you know, address this. Yes. What is different about this phone? If you've got, if you were looking at buying the iPhone SE two, let's call it the second generation, and you've got an iPhone SE, the original edition, what's the benefit in buying this? Oh my goodness! Well, comparing it to the original SE, you're going to have a lot better processing power. It's going to uh, work a lot faster. Uh, apps are going to load ridiculously faster. 
uh, you're, you're going to notice a lot of upgrade from the original SE. And I say that as someone coming from the seven, which came out just after the SE. Uh, so if, if, even for me from seven to, to the SE, you know, 2020 SE, I'm noticing a speed difference and, and, and all that kind of thing. Um, the, the reaction time is so much better. Everything seems to flow so much nicer. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, almost hard to compare to the original SE because I know that, you know, the battery life on the original SE isn't going to be able to match. I mean, nothing really from the original SE is going to match. If you're still using, I would say seven or earlier, or especially six S or SE or earlier, this is an upgrade. If you're wanting that screen size, that form factor, you still want touch ID, you know, OLED screens are not necessary for you if it's a vision thing or or the the cameras. Like I said before, if if this is the form factor you like, this is dare I say the quote unquote new blind phone. Quite honestly, um, I, I would I would recommend it to anybody that's in that boat. Mm. Well, I agree with that. I think that the, the question comes up quite a lot. I think because people wonder what's what's the real difference, and ultimately. Until you try it, it's really hard to tell yes. because you might find that your iPhone SE, your old version, your first classic iPhone SE, is fine and it does the job really well. And if you only go by the voice, if you've turned your screen off or you're totally blind and you don't use the screen anyway, the reaction of the phone, you will have grown adjusted. You'll adjust to that. I noticed Correct. that with Android. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here. But I noticed <laughs> this with Android because it is a bit slower to react to things, right? I, I, that's my impression. So I've kind of had to adjust when I'm using it to its speed. So that's you get used to that, okay? That's, that's just the way that the phone operates. Whereas with the iPhone, you get used to maybe handling a bit faster. For example, the, the best example of, of working quickly is JAWS on the PC because it really is reactive when you use Eloquence Voice. It just talks and, you know, gets to the point right away. So I think that's that's interesting. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think anybody who has got the iPhone SE probably wants to think about this. Also, anybody who's even on the iPhone 7 or maybe not the iPhone 8. Don't think there's much of a point upgrading that's, from iPhone 8 course, to NRC. That's where it's – you're starting to cross the line, but I would still even uh, – I know, Sean, you're chopping a bit at this, but – Yes. Um, but <laughs> – I, I, think, I think definitely seven or earlier when I went from my, I mean, like you said, when I was on my seven, it's fine. It's still okay. I, I, you know, it wasn't bad. However, when I went from the seven to my SE, I realized, okay, actually it wasn't bad, but wow, this is so much better. You know, this is so much faster. So I would say because of the processor, because of the, the extra Ram, you know, the response time, it's still going to be better than an eight. And so if you've had an eight since eight's launch, it's a consideration. I think that it is something to think about. All right, Sean, go for it. I'm going to unleash you. I was going to say time for a break, but uh, that would be too I was dreading that. I was going to explode. Okay. (laughs) Look, no, just no. I mean, the question could be... Hang on, hang on, can I just say something? Is this the bit, Tim, where he says, no, 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 and then says everything we've said, and then says, actually, yeah, you're right. Wrong. That's exactly what's going to happen, because it happens every time. So, yeah. Let me speak. Okay, so, (laughs) I don't think the question is, what's the difference, and, you know, is it worth the upgrade from the old SE to the new SE? Because that question you could put to any iPhone. What is the difference? Why should we go from a 8 or a 7 or even a 6S to a 10 or 11, iPhone 10 or 11? Well, you, you get people who ask the question, what's the point in upgrading from Windows XP to Windows 10? Because I'm Don't quite confuse happy with me. XP. Well, do you look, know what I mean? Just, th- people do ask these questions. And they are legitimate questions. If it works they for are. you, if the phone's working for you, why oh, would you do the go. upgrade? I can't bear it. Yes, you're right. They're legitimate questions. But the thing is, it's all about performance. That's it. The only other main features, let's say you go from an iPhone 8 to an iPhone 11 or 11 Pro, Max, Plus, whatever it's called. What's the main difference? It's the number of cameras, wide angle, telephoto, which, uh, you know, I'm going to generalize and say most of us in the visually impaired community don't care about, don't care about cameras, okay? So it's all about performance and um, longer life. The battery life on an old SE, you know, when you get a phone over a certain amount of years, the battery doesn't hold the charge so well. You're getting less battery life, longer to charge. It just becomes slower. So it's all about, okay, I want the latest features, no matter what that may be, the latest iOS, 
Good luck trying to get iOS 14 on an SE, maybe. Maybe cut off our iOS 14 for the old SE. Don't know. So it's all about... If it even just goes up, up that far. Well, I mean, the 6S, is that going to get iOS 14? Will it just cut off at the new iPhone SE when the next iOS comes out? But the point is, you're just updating. You're getting the latest iOS features. You're getting the latest... Uh, operating system features, no matter what about the hardware, it's all about performance and battery life for me. And when you look at the old SC, that came out in 2016. And yes, it's still fine, but performance-wise, you're going to need a boost about now. It's, it's, that's a long time in tech terms. So I, I think it's a no-brainer. No matter where you are, 8, 7, 6S, 6, or the old SC, I think you've got to look at the SE2, the new SE, and say, yeah, I want all that new goodness. I want the Apple goodness. And it's there, and it's a bargain price. Yeah, I mean, what, 599 it starts at in Canada, uh, which is, you know, a lot less than what you would see for an iPhone 11, an iPhone 11 Pro. Although, Tim, you were uh, saying... Yeah, tell that, me about it. Yeah, but you were yeah, but you were saying about the uh, iPhone 12 could be starting at a, a much lower price. Is that right? Yeah, from everything that I'm hearing, all the usual top sources within the you know tech and Apple kind of community, the mainstream community, their their rumors are that it could start. Now, obviously, there's the keyword is start at six forty nine U S. So probably seven forty nine or seven ninety nine Canadian you know, give or take uh, on the conversion um, for the lowest, uh, you know, intro into an iPhone 12. So we don't know how that's going to pan out as far as, okay, a standard 12 versus pro. That'll probably be just the standard phone. Uh, you know, we don't know what the screen size of that will necessarily be, but probably a five point something inch screen. And I, I don't know if it's going to be 64 gig uh, you know, hard drive at the beginning for that price, probably maybe 128. So your lowest intro, you know, introduction end, you know, say around 700 for getting into a new iPhone, you know, the, the flagship new phone, that's not horrible, you know, especially when you talk about what the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro were, you know, well over a thousand uh, Canadian for either of them, you know, that kind of a starting price is, is not bad if that comes to fruition. Which it won't. Impossible. Why would they? They've just, they've got now their budget end, although Apple will never call it that in the SC. Why would they do that with the 12? Well, I, I don't know if they will. I mean, these are rumors, but at the same token, I, I think there's, this is a really bad time to bring out a very expensive phone. Uh, you know, people yes. are struggling enough as it is. And I think, you know, the idea that, you know, a big expensive phone comes out that you will all want to buy, which of course we won't, isn't really going to work. And I think that's probably why the SE is, being already dubbed the iPhone 12 killer. Because even if, like you're saying, even if the iPhone 12 comes out and it is cheaper, let's say it is 649, that's the starting price, if that even happens, you know, you might look at it and go, well, what's so different about that that I can't get in an SE? I think, you know, again, we're looking at this through um, some very, I was going to say some, some rose-tinted glasses, but maybe some very badly very smashed dark, up. Very dark-tinted yeah. glasses, yes. <laughs> Broken glasses. Yes. Um but, you know, we're looking at this from a very different perspective. You know, we're looking at this as the blind phone. And I think that's what this is. I think for blind people, and I'm very strict on this one, for blind people or for people who have such low vision that you wouldn't be able to read, say, size 24 point or less, um, then you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to really, or more, I should say, you should be able to uh, find a device that works for you. And I think the iPhone SE does that. Whereas if you're someone who has got vision that can read uh, some text, you know, read fairly consistently, then you might want to consider something like the iPhone 11 or the 11 Pro because you get that better screen on, you know, the 11 Pro. And I've got the 11 Pro. I mean, I've downgraded here, guys. That's the thing. I'm, I've got the 11 Pro. I've put it in the cupboard. It's now going to be what's, when we do what's in your drawers next time, I'm going to be bringing out an iPhone 11 Pro, which is <laughs> ridiculous. But that's yeah. where we are because the iPhone 11 Pro is great as it is, and it is a brilliant phone. The screen is so powerful in it. With that 4K resolution, OLED screen, Super Retina XDR display as it is, um, 5.8 inches of glorious goodness, um, that's all lovely. But if you can't see it or you just switch it off all the time, it's pointless. And despite the rumors that switching the screen off using screen curtain 
when you use voiceover actually helps your battery life. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I certainly haven't noticed any major difference from, well, I haven't even seen any difference on my usage using it all day with the screen on versus off. It doesn't make enough of a difference to, to be noticeable. It's just, I'm still charging it up in the same regular schedule. So, you know, for that, and ultimately that's because this, the phone is powering a very powerful screen and we just don't need that. So, you know, if you take the screen out of it, other than buying a second-hand phone with a smash screen, you may as well buy this. And I think this is a better deal. Well, I'm struggling to find something to argue against other than I don't think it is just a blind thing. Um, I think the screens are so good now. I think for the, the, you know, the average Joe in the street, they don't care. This is a whatever gorgeous special OLED screen in the 11 Pro and the SE has a, a LCD screen to... The average Joe, it doesn't matter. They look good. So who cares? And I think that's the big difference. The only other thing I think that may put people off is that it does look a little dated. You know, the, the chin, the forehead, the bezels. It does look, it's a, it is an iPhone 8 body in the new SC. And if you compare that to the newer phones, it does look, you know, not quite as sexy as the other handsets on the market. But we don't care about that. It's all about the performance and what it can do. And it's, it's just as good as a, the flagship iPhones at the minute. Well, we shall see what comes of it in the end, because ultimately we're going to see a, you know, sales figures on these at some point. I mean, apparently, according to Apple, and they will say this, I suppose, you know, the prices, uh, sorry, the sales price and sales, I should, sales are going well. So, you know, that's good. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all at that price point. No. Um, every blind person on the planet will have bought one by now. So that's, you know, put them up a few hundred. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. wouldn't be surprised if one of the leading stories at WWDC next month, month which they said is going to be a virtual WWDC on June 22nd, that's just been announced, I think. I would oh, not really? be shocked if they're leading with, or at least near the top of the show, you know, SE, not maybe sales numbers, but just praising the team for the sales and development of the SE, they're going to tout this because I think you're right. Once those those numbers come out, the sales numbers, I think the SE is going to have been found to have sold very, very well. I think at this point, I, I, even I considered, okay, 10R or SE because I think that would have been the, the more previous blind iPhone. And at this point, if I was coming from 8 or earlier, if I'm looking at 10R, 11, or SE, like you guys both said, we, we've all said this, you know, take the screen and the camera out of it. If I'm looking between those three phones, I'm still getting the SE. You know, if I had vision, the tech guy that I am, the geek that I am, I'd want the 11. But in my case, the SE is more than enough. It's fine and better, in my opinion, than, than even worrying about a 10R at this point. So, yeah, I think this is going to be highly touted. I think the sales are going to be really good. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, that, this is the other thing. I mean, you talk about the camera, but the camera in there is, is the same. It's, it's got one of the cameras that's inside the 11 Pro, the wide angle camera that is inside the 11 Pro. I mean, that's a good camera. And it's already in that phone. You've got it in the SE. I've got it in the SE. And the processor, and this is the thing that just blows my mind, it's the same processor that's inside the iPhone 11 Pro. I mean, not just the iPhone 11, but the Pro. Yep. So you've got the same power inside a, a much neater, and I think and it is a much lighter device as well. I mean, comparing the two, even the weight, I think there's like 40 grams of difference between them. But it is quite noticeable, and I think the form factor is nicer. I mean, another thing, actually, going back to the question that, that I've been asked quite a lot this week about, you know, versus uh, the original iPhone SE versus the new iPhone SE, the screen on the iPhone SE original was 4 inches. This is 4.7. What that actually gives you is more width on the screen, which I think is nicer to use. Um, I often found with my original SE, my finger was always falling off the side of the phone because yeah. it just wasn't, it was almost not wide enough. Whereas this one's almost perfect. It's beautiful. They've done so well with this. Oh, very good. What about wireless charging? Have you jumped on that yet, Tim? That's a big thing for me on the new SE. Yeah. It, 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 it's nice to have. I'm glad that it's available, but I oh. haven't jumped into getting a wireless charger yet. Because in my opinion, I still have to plug it into a wall, and I'm still laying it down. No, no jump on it. To me, you, you won't, you'll never look back. Uh, it just—I'm just not thinking it's going to charge fast enough for me. It, it, I still no, have it to lay it down somewhere, so why not just plug it in in the same spot? I, I'm—I'm 
I get it, and I'm glad that it's there. I'm happy to have it, but I'm more happy to have the fast charging because my wife had the 11 Pro. She's got the fast charger in the box, so I can borrow that if I want a fast charge. But like I said, I haven't, I haven't had to. <laughs> well, hmm. um, I haven't had to because it's lasting me all day long, so I haven't had to worry about charging it two or three times in the middle of the day like I was doing with my 7 on its second battery. So you know, charging has not been a problem. Well, I'm, I'd be interested to hear our, our audience there because I know a lot of people are keen to hear our views on this because you know a lot of people are making that decision at the moment, and you know we're the ones that are talking about it from that blind perspective, which is key. You know, I mean, it's easy for me to just turn and say just buy it, but you know what? On this occasion, I think you just got to buy it. Yes, um, I agree because you know, for once, this is something which it, it is going to make such a difference. The the phone, I mean, I went for the two five six gig version primarily because it shoots in 4K as well. So because I've got that quality camera in there, I can do video work on that. And I'm actually quite happy having the single lens. It's one less thing that I'd have to worry about, you know, switching to the ultra, ultra wide lens. And, Getting wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just one less thing to worry about. And, and again, I mean, OCR and all that, we've talked about this before, but it's not going to make any difference really from any phone over the last five years to now, truthfully. Um, you know, the camera is what the camera is in these phones. But like we say, it starts at five nine nine. It is a, of course, a considered purchase for a lot of people. But if you are looking for a new iPhone and you are blind, then I think the iPhone BE, sorry, the iPhone SE, uh, not the blind edition, which I think it should be called. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, uh, is is a good show. Uh, so listen, stick around. We've got lots more to talk about. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, that thing called the virus and how we are going to get ourselves out of this lockdown through apps on our smartphones. Maybe it'll be the iPhone SE. You never know. Uh, right, stick around. Lots more to talk about. And double Tap. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. So, listen, I'm sorry, guys, if I feel a little bit uh, distracted today. Um, mm. I am fine. It's nothing to do with anything to do with what's happened in the past. I'm just sitting here in my little room, and there's a weird smell. And I can't like, work out what it is. Hmm. You've been locked in your house for a month and a half or so by yourself. Lots of takeaway, I'm sure. Oh, no, no takeaway where you are. No takeaway. Yeah. No. So you haven't eaten anything. You're rotting away. Hmm. It might be you, mm -hmm. Stephen. Oh, I think, I so what's Stephen's strange smell? Please email us. Yeah, That's feedback at ami.ca. Guess the smell. Yeah. Guess the smell at ami.ca. Get someone to set that up. I'm sure that's a thing. You <laughs> can see Stephen like crawling around the floor, sniffing the walls, sniffing the floors, trying to figure out what's going on. I don't, I, oh, it's good to have you back, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, smell goes off in a tangent at some point. This is a tech show, honest. Um, okay, so let's talk about something else. Uh, Apple. We haven't talked about them for a while. Uh, so <laughs> they've got a new beta out, uh, which is apparently exciting. Um, now, it's beta, so it's not That's something correct. that a lot of people... Uh, is it right in saying that Apple Viz don't talk about betas no, on their website? Uh, a guideline, they don't talk about betas. When they're, when they're closed, yeah, when they're a closed private, but when, they, when they're more public, they will, yes. Well, there's a couple of things in this, and it's, it's actually around the COVID-19 virus that it, it really is... It, Part of, not all of it, but part of what's in be, being included. And certainly that's what people are talking about from it. Um, so there's an app that Apple and Google have been working on that is going to be installed, I believe, at the OS level. So in other words, it'll be on the operating system. You know, you get the, the beta and you download it. The app will sort of come with it, if you like. And they're going to be working on some kind of contact tracing uh, through this app. So, you know, essentially you put your information in. Uh, if you've had symptoms, you know, when and who you've been in contact with and all that stuff, and that will then help build a picture uh, so governments can understand where the virus is. And essentially what we're doing here with all of this is, is, is they call it seek and destroy, which is to find where the virus is and then, you know, essentially snuff it out by isolating people for the 14-day period or the 7-day period, whatever it is. And then, you know, at that stage, that person... It, you know, we know that that person's had the virus and then they can either go back to work or, you know, further testing can be done or whatever, you know, but essentially they know where it is. That's the whole point of all of this. And the idea is that that will help us move out of lockdown because if we know where the virus is and we know who has it, then 
we can start to let other people get out. And of course, this is coupled with uh, not, and this is not app related, but, you know, antibody tests, which is another very important part of all of this, which is that they can tell who's actually had the disease. Doesn't guarantee immunity, which is concerning, uh, because we don't know if we can be immune to this, whether it comes once and that's it, or whether it's seasonal or how it works. We don't know. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a really interesting time for all of this. And of course, all of this has happened in a very short space of time. A lot of governments around the world aren't too happy with Apple and Google leading the charge on this. UK in particular have said no to the Apple and Google app and said, nope, we'll do our own. Thank you very much. Uh, and, you know, what could possibly go wrong there? Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of the issue, although a lot of the issues that governments are, are coming up against is that they they don't like the way that Apple and Google are storing the information. Um, you know, the governments want to be able to access that information. Uh, I think Apple and Google are suggesting that all the details should remain on the person's phone. And therefore, it's, it works by, I think it's to do with Bluetooth, isn't it? That it connects within a sort of Bluetooth range. It uses Bluetooth to sort of fire out a signal to say, you know, in your area, there are people who may have the disease or whatever. And then you know roughly what's going on. Um it's an interesting one. There's a lot of questions around privacy. I completely understand that. I know Sean won't. I don't. No. Sean just gives away his data left, right, and centre. No, it's ridiculous. No, no. Th- this is such an important thing that we're trying to battle. Everyone's sick of lockdown. You know, this is the ends justify the means. I know that's a real dangerous term to bandy about, but in this case, of course, it does. It's anonymized data anyway. I don't see well, any possible reason to protest against this at all. What do you think, Tim? You know what? I, I do agree with Sean in, in, in the aspect of you know, this is something that I think is necessary to help us understand where the virus is and how to go after it. And, and you know, if there's pockets of it that are popping up, things like that. So I think it's important for tracking something like this. But the caveats have to be, it does have to be anonymous and private and secure and voluntary. I think that's going to be the key to a lot of people nope. because, well, but there are people who aren't as comfortable sharing that information, even if it is perfectly anonymous and completely private. Tough. Like me. People, Tough. <laughs> right. People are still going to be uncomfortable sharing any kind of data. And, you know, so I, I, I can respect that. But this, to me, should be voluntary because it's medical. That's the only reason I would say is because you're talking about medical, private you know, information. But in a way, it's almost like volunteering for a study. It's similar to how Apple in the past has, has had apps for testing Parkinson's in patients and the other you know, apps that they've done uh, you know, in conjunction with different universities for studies and things where they've, they've launched apps to, to help in those, in, in those studies. I think that this is is important, and I think that we could get a lot of information from this. Yeah. No, no, no. no. It's not just a study, though. That's the thing. No, I'm not saying it is. I'm not trying to compare it to the study necessarily. I'm just saying it's it's similar in design as far as – you know, taking information that you're providing voluntarily. I understand what you mean in, in the fact that this might be more urgent and therefore exactly n- may not necessarily be something that just should be voluntary, that we should just do it. But you can't make somebody sit down and fill out all this information in an app. Not everybody's going to take the time to do that. Well, not everyone's no. got a smartphone either. Well, it, exactly. Problem. That too. But and even everybody people- with a smartphone that has this app pop up on their phone eventually how many people are going to take the time to open it and really fill it out and tell their symptoms and and go through all that? Well, that's right. You've got that aspect of it, but you also have the other one, which is people putting in false data. You know, you you might see businesses close because someone decides, you know what, I, I hate all my coworkers, so I'm going to get a week off work uh, because I'm going to say I've got this virus. And, you know, anybody who says that won't happen clearly doesn't live on this planet uh you know so it, it will happen people will do it kids might or younger people might do it to get a week off school uh, and therefore close the school down so it's going to cause a lot of problems probably cause more than it solves i mean it's like anything isn't it the data is only as good as the people putting it in and if the people are putting in <laughs> anything they like um and you hope that's not going to happen and of course in a lot of cases it won't be like that but it is going to create a problem. And then what is what is happening with that data afterwards? That is the question that always uh, irks me. What happens to all this data? And saying that, there are a lot of people who are arguing this on places like Facebook, 
where they're happy to share their entire lives, their locations, you know, their family pictures, what their house looks like, where they live. All of that, you know, is being done. At the same time, they're complaining about privacy, which always makes me laugh. Yeah. Look, I just think it's the, the old case of as soon as people mention tech, they think it's some sort of magic or there's some sort of conspiracy theory behind it. And when you actually look at how this technology works, as you said, Stephen, it's really, really simple. It's just using low-energy Bluetooth, like you use to connect to your earbuds or whatever, actually less than that. Um, that's on all the time. And when, you, when you're next to someone, if they've got a phone in their pocket with the um, latest iOS 13.5 on, which has this built in, then it will recognize the other phone and it will log, you know, okay, you're so far away, you've been uh, in this proximity for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then if later on, and again, as you said, Tim, this is voluntary, voluntary, because... Voluntary. Voluntary. This is voluntary, because what you need to do, (laughs) you need to actually tell the app that you've got symptoms. Mm. It doesn't know, no one's telling it, you're not going to the doctor and then, you know, or having a test and then suddenly, magically, your phone knows. You actually have to tell it, okay, I've got a cough, I've got a fever. And then every phone that has been in contact with your phone via this Bluetooth will get a message saying, okay, this person, or you know, it doesn't say who, but someone in your um, vicinity has had symptoms. And that's all it is. You know, and then you can order a test. It's really easy. It's really simple. And it makes total sense. I can't possibly see why people would would have any issue with it at all. So this isn't like painting a black cross on your door during the plague. No, exactly right. You know, all I'll get told is someone in your circle of you know, friends or whatever has had symptoms. And to be honest, what's there to be ashamed about anyway? If you do have, I don't care who knows. I just care about no, that's true. getting getting out of this lockdown as soon as possible. You know, businesses not going out of business, people being able to spend time with their family again, and me being able to get a takeaway again. That's uh, all I care about. You're getting there. Yeah, I was going to say that if you didn't, that's all you care about is getting your takeaway. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out how you said vicinity, but you couldn't say voluntary. He, he went from Obama to Trump there in just one sentence. <laughs> yes, that? he did. That was well done. <laughs> it was very well done. Um, yeah, so uh, that's actually one of the things that's coming in this beta and which will eventually become an update for iOS 13, uh, which is interesting. The other one's about Face ID. Now, I don't have this problem, neither do you, Tim, anymore. We don't have to worry about Face ID uh, because we've got Touch ID on our beautiful iPhone SEs. <sighs> yes. Uh, but on your horrifically awful iPhone 11, Sean. Luddites. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got face ID. What happens if you wear a mask? Well, it will try and recognise your face and fail, and then try again and fail and repeat, uh, and then eventually it will say, "Ah, oh, just just enter your PIN code because I don't know who you are," which is fine, okay. But in the new iOS thirteen point five beta, what they have is um, it will actually recognise if you are wearing a face mask and just go directly to the enter your PIN code instead of just trying and trying and failing and failing to guess what you're, uh, to recognise your face. So it's, um, it's, you know what, I don't think it's a big deal, to be honest, um, but it's something that people have been complaining about. So, yeah, they've addressed it. It will now recognise a face mask and just try, uh, not even try to recognise your face. Look, on the, uh, for the interests of balance, uh, we're going to talk about Google now. Uh, because, you know, we've only 15 minutes left, and, you know, we have to. So uh, let's talk about the Pixel 4a. Uh, Beautiful phone. Yeah, so this is, this is what is this one? I always get mixed up with Google's phone. So 4 is like the top end, and A is the kind of budgety, cheapy one. Ooh, I don't think they describe it like that, but yes, <laughs> yeah, pretty that's, much. That's, that's basically that's it. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's it, isn't it. It's the same as when we had the Pixel 3, and then a little later we had the Pixel 3a, which is... Basically, mm. most of the features, it's very comparable to the, you know, the iPhone SE version, I suppose. Ah, well, in, that, it, in, in price, but I don't know about performance. I, I've been researching that. Oh. The 3A now is a little bit cheaper because it has gone down in price, although it started at the same price as the SE has. But the 3A, even spec-wise, and, and a lot of the tests I've seen people run online, the SE does run faster. But the 4 and 4A, that'll be the test, I think. 
I read an article last night that said that one thing is going to uh, really make this stand out for people who uh, care about this kind of thing. Uh, the, the 4A will stand out to the iPhone SE for one reason. And you kind of picked up on this earlier, Sean, when you said, you know, it's quite a, an old style phone, the SE. You know, it's a bit older in design. Yes. Uh, you know, whereas now, of course, it's all full screens and, you know, all the rest of it. But with this one, what they've done is they've created a very attractive looking phone, almost a bit like the iPhone 11, actually, with the way it's got the square at the back. Uh, for the camera, the cutout. I don't know if it's completely flat. I don't know that, but you know, obviously we haven't seen it yet. But you know, the rumor is that it's going to be uh, you know, got that very similar design um, and a, a huge screen as well, and no home button. Um, but it will have Touch ID, and it will also have. Well, it won't have Face Unlock. I was reading this. It doesn't have Face Unlock, but it does have a camera that has a capability for Face Unlock, but it won't do it. I don't know what that even means. Um, and in terms of price, you're saying it was what three nine nine, Sean? You were you were three nine nine US, according to the rumours. We right. don't know any other prices than that, but that seems to be the price they're aiming at. And that's coming out what in the next couple of weeks, next week or so? They think it will be announced on the twelfth of May and made available on the twenty second of May. Okay, to so sort of coincide with the um, which would would have been Google I/O. Of course, yes, because it's been cancelled. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. 5.8-inch screen, which puts it into the league size-wise of the iPhone 11 Pro. Uh, the iPhone 11 Pro is an interesting one because the iPhone 11's got a bigger screen. It's got the 6.1-inch screen. And the Pro Max, now what is that, 6.5? Oh, does anyone yep. care? I, I get so confused as soon as we start going so to 6-point-whatever. Who cares? <laughs> no one so notices. Big. It doesn't matter. It is. It's huge, though. It's a massive phone. Beautiful yeah. phone, I will add, but it's it's also ridiculously big. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they've kind of put the 11 in the middle of the iPhone 11 Pro range, uh, which is a bit strange, but there you go. Uh, but, yes, if you were looking at the size, it's the same size as the iPhone 11 Pro screen size, anyway. Um, and it's got, I believe, a decent camera on there as well. What's the... 12.2 megapixel camera on there, which is perfectly reasonable. I mean, that's, just, again, the same as the SE. Same Hang on a minute. SE. What's the benefit no. here? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you'll find the SE, the new SE has a 12 megapixel and the um, oh, 4A has a 12.2. 0.2 makes all the difference. And it also has yeah. an 8 megapixel, stop it, front-facing <laughs> camera, uh, where the new SE has a 7 megapixel front-facing camera. So who cares, right? doesn't matter. The point is that... If you are on the Android side, you now have um, the comparison I was making to the SE and the more iPhone 11s or 10s, whatever, is that we we now have a, a budget option. I'm going to use the word budget. It's not a dirty word. There's nothing wrong with that. An affordable budget well, exactly. option for Android as well, which has all the um, the features that you would want, such as wireless charging, good performance, good cameras, um, nice design, nice screen. Um, as the top-end Android, as the Google Pixel 4, but a more affordable version, slightly smaller package. Yeah, it's going to be a nice phone. It, it's, um, I think it is comparable to the iPhone, the Apple situation with the iPhone SE 2. And again, so if you're no, an Android fan, you're going to like this. I mean, there's, yeah. no, there's no way around that. You're going to like this because it's a nice Stock phone. Android. Yeah, I mean, exactly. What's not to love? It's got the Android RAW, which always makes me laugh whenever I say that because I don't know why it just does. But I like to call it Android RAW. And, <laughs> and that's the thing because you've got that. You're going to get the latest updates. You're not going to have to wait on, say, Samsung or LG or whoever deciding when it's time for you to get your upgrade. It'll just be given to you. It's just part of the deal uh, because you'll get the new update when it comes. You can also get beta updates as well. So if you wanted to try out Android 11, you could. You know, I think it's good. I, I will say, I think I've, I've got the 3A here, I think it is, and it, the Pixel 3A, and I think it's a great little phone. I mean, I'm not an Android guy, so I'm never really going to stick with it forever, but that doesn't mean other people won't. And I think what I would say is 4A and the SE are a very interesting battleground at the moment. It does depend on what you want. For me, it's the ecosystem. I love the Apple ecosystem. I love how it all ties together. My uh, greatest achievement this year so far has been making the decision to get the, the MacBook with a, a virtual machine running Windows 10 on it. So I can have Windows 10, I can have uh, Mac, and all the features that come with that um, for example, things like Universal Clipboard, which is my saviour. Having something in my iPhone that I can immediately just send by a, via Command-V to my Mac 
is just easy. It's just simple. Having text messages that I can just continue working away and then bounce back and forth between text message and document or whatever I'm working on. All of that is brilliant. But I've also got the, the joy of having Windows there as well. And of course, I've got my iPhone for everything else. So, you know, I've noticed that my, my technology has really shrunk this year. And it's going to stay that way. I'll, of course, try stuff out. You but are from, such a liar. It's, well, no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it will. Because the thing is, I will try other stuff. Of course. I'll always dabble. But I'm never going to switch away from that, I don't think. Because this setup just works so perfectly. And when you say it's a great achievement, you're not underselling that because the amount of heartache you've had setting up that VM of Windows 10. Um, well done, sir. Can I tell you, if you're going to do this, right, if you're going to go down the road of putting a virtual machine on your, on your Mac, um, not, this is, I'm not talking boot camp here. I'm talking about you know, putting the virtual machine on. I'm using virtual, what is it, VMware Fusion is the, is the app I use. It's the most accessible one to, to get your um, Windows install done. And it's really good and it works really well. And you can have JAWS running at the same time. Uh, I've got friends of mine who do this and, and they have the same voice on voiceover as is JAWS, which just throws me completely. I prefer male on one, female on the other. So Confusing. at least I can tell the difference who's talking where. Uh, but I think it, it works really well. But the one little thing I would say, and this is a bit of a strange tip at this point, because I'm sure a lot of people probably don't do this. But if you are going to put VM on, download a little program for Windows called Silenzio. Silenzio, right? With a Z uh, at the end. <laughs> and it is brilliant because what that does is it keeps your audio channel active. I was having, this is where a lot of my problems came from. They were, I was having real issues with allowing, uh, keeping voice, uh, JAWS, I should say, speaking. Every time I asked JAWS to do something and I hit the Windows key, in this case, the command key on the Mac keyboard, it would stutter. And I thought, why can't I get this thing to, you know, to, to, to not stutter? I mean, this is a powerful machine. Couldn't figure it out. Then I realized it was an audio problem and downloaded Silenzio. It basically creates a silence track. So you can't hear anything. There's no way you'd know it's going on. But it's just a silence track continually playing on your computer that keeps things moving along. And I would say for anybody who's got a PC and has have, uh, is having problems with Bluetooth earbuds, or, or earphones or headphones or whatever, this might be something to try. Silenzio will essentially keep your audio route open instead of what happens at the moment, which is where it always seems to turn itself off. Uh, and then when you activate JAWS, whatever, you might miss the first couple of words of a sentence um, or the first couple of letters of a word, whatever it is, depending on the, on the state of the computer. This will solve it. Silenzio is the answer. And it's free! That was mad. When you when you suggested it, I thought, no, there's no way that can work. And it just totally does. Oh, it's amazing. It's the equivalent of poking me with a sharp stick every five minutes to keep me awake. It's it's very good. Can we can we do that, though? Because I, I <laughs> no. think I'm all for that. I'm all for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. We can take tons of... It's like, remember the episode of... Do you ever remember the Friends? The episode of the, the guy they thought was dead in the, the house across oh, yeah. the... yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember. Oh, yeah. Stephen's back. Okay. It does, yeah, it's a bit of a dated reference. <laughs> you can imagine the young people of today listening to this going, what's friends? <laughs> Get with it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, um, just before we go, actually, it's one more thing I want to mention, and it's only because it's in the rumors this week, and we thought we'd mention it. Apple Watch Series 6 is due to launch alongside the iPhone 12 at some point. And uh, we're seeing that uh, it's going to have all, uh, all kinds of new features. But the two that stand out, of course, with the new watchOS 7, the operating system, uh, currently number six, um, when seven comes along, we will get uh, some other features like, for example, sleep tracking. Tim, this might appeal to you. Yeah, this definitely appeals to me. I know a lot of people are interested you in like this. You like your sleep. I, I love my sleep. <laughs> I, I require lots of it, yes. Um, but no, I, I think that... A lot of people are interested in this. I was so surprised when I went for my sleep study now, what, a year or so ago, and got my CPAP machine. You know, They were talking about how many people actually have sleep apnea or sleep issues, and, and I didn't even realize that, that it was that prevalent. And I know a lot of people you know, have been waiting for Apple Watches to get to the point where they could wear it all day and then even sleep with it at night. And we've talked about that in the past of, you know, really, it does last all day now, and if you want to wear it at night, Okay, so charge it for 30 minutes before you go to bed or, you know, for whatever. Um, you can get enough charge to have it last all night long. So it's not really that difficult to do uh, and to make it work. 
And I think having sleep tracking, whether it's built into the new watch and or the new OS, I think a lot of people will be happy with that. There are apps out there, Sleep Plus Plus. Uh, there was that app that I had talked about that I can't think of what it was called now. Nap? No, not Nap. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, not Napbot, wasn't it? Napbot, that's it. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, Napbot. Um, and they work pretty well. But I think having something native built into, you know, the op- or an app that's built by Apple that's that's made to work specifically for their hardware, and even if the the six gets something specifically put in there to help, I think that 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 will work probably even better. Although all these other apps, you know, will upgrade uh, accordingly. But yeah, I think that this is going to be very helpful and something that a lot of people have been been wanting for a long time. Yeah, sleep tracking boring. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry. Tell that to people who, who desperately need to oh, track their sleep because they, yeah. they stop breathing or they, you know, they well, take different. it comfortable. But is it going to, is it going to alert you when you stop sleep, uh, stop breathing? No, it's not. It's going to say what, you were on, restless sorry. for two minutes. Is it the going night. to alert you if you stop breathing? I think at that point, nothing. <laughs> will make any oh, difference alert to somebody. Yeah, that's definitely There's... a problem. But if your heart rate is <laughs> is off or you had a lot of unsettled sleep, your doctor may say, you know, this is something that could be an issue because maybe you weren't, mm. you know, you were tossing and turning because you couldn't mm. breathe or you were having troubles. It'd be something mm. to, to raise an eyebrow, kind of like the, the heart rate monitor or, or the EKG. You know, it's not meant to be an official doctor's uh, test, but it can be something mm. for you to say, you know what, there there might be an issue. I should probably call my doctor and have them run better tests. So it's just something to help you in, in case there might be an issue. Lovely. And, and of course, the other thing is uh, blood <laughs> oxygen uh, testing as well and making sure uh, of the level of uh, oxygen in your blood, which, of course, with COVID-19 is a real indicator of uh, you having the virus or not and how it's Far impacting on you. Uh, and that is a very important feature. Yeah, this like is something one. which they've, they've been getting close to this because I know a lot of people want glucose monitoring for diabetics. Uh, and, you know, there's been talks of building it into the band and all of that. So who knows? Maybe maybe we'll move down that route. But certainly this device is about health. And I don't just mean fitness, although it is for that as well, but it's about general health. And, you know, it's, it's saved people's lives. I mean, we've heard these stories of people whose lives have been saved as a result. Uh, the fall detection feature, which I still I- think... Quickly, just quickly say something on that. There is a rumor that they will have a feature where if you fall in water, it can detect that. It knows what type of water you've fallen into. So not just when you're in the shower and it can alert people if you need help, which would be, uh, I think that'd be really cool. Still hasn't got anything for hedges, though. No, no, but that will come. It's a danger, people. Be aware. Hedge fall detection. Yes. (laughs) Just for sure. He needs that. He does. Desperately. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, that's almost it from us for this week. Uh, it's been fun. Do keep your emails coming in. Uh, I hope Mark didn't scare you all too much. Uh, you can keep them coming in. Feedback at ami.ca. Uh, Sean, it seems you were in charge of the phone number over the past couple of weeks. So uh, what's the phone number? Did you remember? The phone number is one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. And don't forget to give us permission to use your audio on air. Thank you. Did you record that? Are you just playing in a recording? I'm just so scared of Mark, I learned it. <laughs> right. So this is what we need to do, we Tim. Anytime Sean starts misbehaving, we just get Mark back. Just That's get it. Mark so- and have Mark poke him with a stick, and then that'll, that'll be perfect. <laughs> no, 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 no. You and I will do the stick. Oh, then, then. we'll do the um, stick while Mark just yeah. looms over him and, you know. Oh, exactly. it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel the love? Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing. At least this week you get awarded in Edgeways. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's like a roller coaster. Uh, listen, that's it for our show this week. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And uh, don't forget, we're back again here on Double Tap Canada at the same time next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.